Welcome back, everyone, to Master of the Universe Horror Podcast. Chair's getting over like a motherfucker. So me and Christopher J finally did it, a real franchise we had talked about doing. Insidious finishing that one up. But this is it, the big old enchilada, the way they like to say it in basketball, the whole enchilada. We did the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise completed as of today. Today we're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake. Christopher J, how we doing tonight? How's my bitch doing? I just thought about that the other day. <laughs> I just did the I just did the Bruce Prince there opening a fucking beer can right as the podcast started. <laughs> there you go, Daddy. He's like, how you do how, how you doing today, Bruce? And then he does the old Miller time and shit. It's Miller time. <laughs> So, uh, Chris, dude, you've heard me go back and forth with this film. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's one of those films, you know, I've, I've, like I just said, I've gone back and forth on some bitch. Tell me about your time watching it for the first time, because this is one of the very few times that you've told me you've seen a horror movie, and you actually saw it in theaters, as a matter of fact. So, tell me that story, dude. Yeah, um... <clears throat> April of 2010, it was that one week I had off, like, after I quit Harlan Clark and was about to start at Nationwide, uh-huh. uh, and I was dating someone at the time, mm-hmm. and no, it doesn't start with a letter in, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, um, me and her went to the theater, uh, to see it on, I think it was a Wednesday night, I think, Thursday night, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just I had never seen any Nightmare on Elm Street movies before. I knew nothing about Freddy Krueger, you know, sleep deprivation stuff and all that, and dream killing and all that shit. I just simply was like, okay, we're going on the date. We're going to go to see a movie and you know that kind of thing. And I was like, wow. And it, like, I mean, it, it really like it was an intense movie. I mean, like, like I didn't you know go home with the lights on or anything, but it just it just was like. <laughs> I won't. I won't get into it now because we got a podcast to do this. But the the uh, the body of it, and then really the ending of it, like was like whoa. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, like you just said, I had thought about the ending. So of course, like you said, we'll get to it. Yeah, me. I was. I grew up a Freddy fan. If y'all have heard any of the previous fucking podcasts, y'all know that. So when I heard like just before this, they had just remade um, the Texas Chainsaw. Not just remade, but you know. Platinum Dooms, the producers, whatever you want to call them, um, did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um, I think Halloween had already been remade, and there there was another one. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, they're basically going through the remake phase. and th- Oh, fr- uh, uh, Friday the 13th. How can I which forget? Is another, which is another one I saw in theaters when that came out. Yeah, I saw that one, I saw that one too when it came out in theaters. I'm going to... We'll save that for the 2009 uh, remake of it, and I'll tell that story. <laughs> and can I tell you, I saw that in the theater on on the theater on the south side, and I was like, "Me too." <laughs> what the fuck? It was. I saw it on the Mayan theater on the south side, dude, when that came out. Yeah. But, but see, your your dad has this for like that was. I think your dad was telling me one time that he's a big fan of the Mayan theater. He used to go there as a teenager. I don't know. I don't even know if that was there since back then. So. Uh, he was telling me in, in the in the 80s, like, he had been there, like, uh, with his buddies and stuff like that. They used to go there. But um, anyway, I was on uh, the one by McCreelis, and I was like, as it was uh, President's Day weekend, and I was like, you fucking low-life scum bringing fucking children into a movie. Like, they were bringing, like, two and three-year-old <laughs> babies crying in the theater. Like, what? Yeah, no shit, right? That's pretty funny. So, yeah, I saw this in theater. Um, 
and when it first came out, I was like, wow, this was good, you know. And then, you know, because I was kind of, I wasn't really into critiquing movies. Um, and I, I still, um, I don't really critique it, but I kind of like, I'm more aware, I guess, now than, than I was before. Before you would just sit there and you watch it and that's it. Now I kind of like think ahead, like a lot of shit's going through my mind when I watch a film. But I loved the film when it came out. And then after that, I kind of like started hating it. Um, because of some reasons we'll get to, and they still they still are problems uh, in the film, but there's no reason to say like, oh, it's horrible. Like there's some magical film out there that's absolutely perfect. Scarface, you know, like there's like you know there's there's a problem with with all films, you know. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and get into it. Released in 2010, how much did this bad boy make, Christopher J? Well, April of 2010. And uh, the budget was $35 million. Worldwide did $115.6 million, of which $63 million was domestic, i.e. the United States. Yeah, so it did pretty well, uh, but a lot of people... But even though it did well, I, I, there was a lot of backlash on the film um, because of the, some of the stuff, at least, I mean, I'll get to. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Jerry. Uh, so they didn't have a sequel. And I was disappointed because at the time, you know, Right away, you're like, oh, what are they going to follow this up with? Because they did a pretty good job of kind of covering a few bases, at least for the first three films. Um, on this one, they didn't go all out to cover them, but they did a little kind of, they added some things in there. Like, I didn't realize it till I actually watched the film. And I was like, wow, this is kind of like covering this and that. And uh, I was interested to see that, but of course it didn't happen. And this one kicks off really good right away. We uh, it kicks off good, but it also kicks off in a bad way. We get our first death, so it sets the tone, and we got yeah. Jack Jackie Earl Haley as uh, Freddy. I thought he did a pretty good job. The only problem I have with Jackie is the makeup. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I, I just gotta say, um, Jackie Earl Haley, I in my opinion did a superb job, mm-hmm. and and I I agree with you that the facials, the makeup was a. A little too different from the original Freddy. I mean, it's fine to be different, of course. You're going to be different, I mean, no matter what. But I thought it was just too much of a departure from the facials of the original. But still, superb job. Like, I mean, that character, I mean, even 10 years ago at age 27 to here I am 10 years later, age 37, like, that that gets in your head. Like, you sit there and you watch and you think to yourself, like, fuck, man, if I had someone... I'm 37 years old. If I had someone haunt me like that, like, I'd be fucking scared. I mean, the way he talks... <laughs> And the way he fucking talks to these fucking teenagers, like it's like, good, fucking, right? Yeah. Oh man. I didn't realize how good it was till um, I was rewatching it. Like I had told you, I was like, I really don't want to see this one. It's a chore. And then, um, because I had it, I had it in my head that like only the first 20, 30 minutes were good, and that is like the best parts. Like at least for you know for being a one person show, just about with Chris. But it gets better um, story-wise. I like where it goes. But anyway, um, so it starts off with Dean. And the one problem I have with this film is that we really don't get to know Dean. And Dean, I think as as little as we get to see him, like what, five, seven minutes of film? Like he seems pretty interesting. He's a good actor, I think. Um, he doesn't look like he's in high school. But um, I would have liked to have a lot more time with these with these kids. And I think that's like my biggest problem with them, kind of like just saying it right out now because I don't want to be harping on it the entire podcast, is that I actually do like these kids, but it doesn't seem like we spend enough time to care about them. Like when Jesse dies, which we'll get to, 
like I don't like to like I was telling myself I'm like when we're getting ready for the podcast, I'm like, do they even mention it? Right. <laughs> like, do do the other kids even know? Like, it just kind of happens, and that's it. And like, I would have liked to have this kind of, you know, everyone ensemble kind of, hey man, we lost so and so. You know, what are we gonna do, pal? You know, like they kind of get together, and they don't really do that. I think that was like the biggest problem. Like, the film has some good stuff and bad stuff, but that was part of the stuff that, that, that one of the things I didn't like, but. You're, you're absolutely right, though. I hadn't thought about it on the conscious level, but subconsciously, like, I was realizing it, and now you've brought it to the forefront. Like, absolutely. Dean, you know, you know absolutely nothing about him other than, the, the you know, the movie, it's a double-edged sword because at the same time the movie comes in hot. He's having a fucking dream, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and you know, the, the thing about his dream is it's kind of like the further and insidious. Like, it's the same diner he's really truly at, but it's just kind of like this crappy lighting and he's the only one there and the waitress is ignoring him and stuff and then he runs into Freddy in the kitchen and blah blah, blah. but like yeah you it I, I agree with you you it, the movie does nothing to make you connect with him as a person like the night the original nightmare you're seeing all these teens just live their life and intersect and laugh and joke and talk about tattooing girl's name on his dick and blah blah, blah. you know but, but that, that they didn't do that you know, yeah. not here like, like he's in the, he wakes up from the dream and fucking Chris is with him, and she's all, "You look like you, like I haven't slept in three days." And I mean, I and I and 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 I just felt like the emotion and the facials were there in yeah. that scene. Yeah, he's a good actor. But, I thought, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and Chris is pretty good too, but it's just the problem is the the dialogue. And again, I don't blame this because they're reading they're reciting a script, but the dialogue was so high school drama class. Yeah, like I would have had that we don't like. There's no one else with him. He's just by himself, and he gets killed, and then, and then the kids talk about it, rather than like they kind of like shoehorned everyone into that fucking diner. <laughs> they yeah. say, you know, they they have like, uh, you know, we meet Nancy, who's the waitress. You have Quentin and Jesse, who are like friends with some other guy that never comes out again. You know, at another table eating, and then Chris is there. I guess she's like trying to talk to Dean. Are there a thing now? And you know, they talk about, well, you know, you know, Dean's a little upset or, you know, uh, Jesse's a little upset that, you know, Chris is there with Dean. And we're kind of like, what? What? They're throwing so much shit at us. Yeah. And then they and then on top of all that, uh, on top of that pile of shit they throw at us, then Dean dies on, you know, it's like can we, they should have just, you know, I, you know, like this is me wish that, you know, trying to like add on to a film, which I never really do. But this is a film that I thought could have been really, really, really good. Uh, but they made such like big mistakes in certain parts. But yeah. overall, the film was like you know really good. We'll, we'll get to Raiden later. So um, if we're gonna go to the oikonomia, the economy of, of of the film, so that you don't make it a two and a half hour fucking ordeal, which I understand you know movie companies don't want to do. Yeah. I get that. So then was there some because because and we'll get to this later. But was there something? And my answer is yes. That you could have cut out of the middle of the fucking movie, the drag. You could have added five minutes, taken five minutes of the middle out, added five minutes to the front end so we can kind of get to know this guy, Dean, and emotionally connect with him, and then it means so much more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it just seems kind of rushed. The whole the whole ordeal seems very rushed, and I didn't I didn't like that. Um, I thought he was a he was like a wasted character. Um, great death because. You know, uh, it's probably the death of the film. 
you know, he's there. He's like, it starts off in a dream. He goes to the back and he's all like, Miss, can I get some coffee? All that shit. And we got Freddy right away, like, you know, doing that little finger thing with the knives, which I which I really like. Um, and then jump scare, you know, Freddy slices him with the, with the, his glove and he wakes up with a knife cut, you know, on his hand. Uh, and it's like he's doing it to himself, though. You know, and she's like, are you okay? And all that crap. But anyway, long story short, you know, she, he drops coffee. She goes, she comes back and he's got like a knife. He's about to stab himself with it. He's like, you're not real. You're not real. And then he ends up, you know, you know, uh, slicing his own throat from, you know, from, from left to right, which is brutal as fuck. And I was, I liked it, but also I'm like, why, how come Freddie just didn't stab him with the glove? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I like the fact that. Um, I had told myself because it didn't make me realize it till like way later on in the film. I was like, why don't they? Do, why doesn't Freddy, um, uh, you know, affect the real world more towards fucking with people in the real world? And I'm like, well, they kind of do because people are thinking Dean's committing suicide, but they don't make it like I guess obvious enough. They didn't. They didn't go. They didn't make it more of a point to kind of point it out. You have to kind of like. At least to me, you have to really sit there and think about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, it's a real-world kill, but it's in the dream, but no one else is, like, aware of what's really going on. I wish they would have done, like, something more. Kind of like Freddy 2, where it's like he's really killing people, but it's not – it's like he's dreaming. I don't I don't know how to explain Freddy 2, but it just seemed kind of strange. And then we get the cre- we get the opening credits with some badass fucking music, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, props to, I believe, Steve Jablonski was the name of the music coordinator on this one. Um, I See, that's the thing. I, I don't agree on that. I, I got to say, like, I like that, like, there's there's constraints. Because, like, I mean, if there's, if there's no constraints on the character of Freddy, well, then he's halfway to God. And, I mean, he can do anything he wants, anybody, any time. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, fucking, he's, like, you know, basically Jafar the Sorcerer in Aladdin when he becomes the Red Genie at the end. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he had, I mean, if he had, I mean, if he had that kind of power in the real world, that's. I like the fact that you know he's this evil, menacing force, but he, but he's limited to your, to you being asleep and having dreams. If you're asleep and having dreams, is the only time he can get at you. No, no, no. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not saying like him affecting the real world as being in the real world. So I'm gonna fast forward. I like the fact that this, this film. One of the things that stood out that's never been done in a nightmare on elm street film is when nancy's uh you know where uh quentin is getting his medicine and freddie's because she's been awake for so long that she's starting to see freddie in the real world but it's not in the real world it's just that she's dream she's like daydreaming and and like he's hitting shit off the off the counter and i'm thinking like wow there's a fucking idea right there like that whole like not being like a part of the real world but the people in the real world kind of like see this person daydreaming but like we can't see what freddie's doing obviously but they see like i love that but you know fast you know rewind um we have the uh the funeral scene where chris is at the funeral and uh 
she's like everyone's falling asleep now <laughs> like right away she's over there you know falling asleep at the funeral and she sees what we find out to be herself and we get another jump scare with freddie the freddie glove coming out now you know before we get to the nancy part you know what did you think about that whole funeral scene where the jump scares were you kind of like laughing because i'm like after watching the friday films like the jump scares are like a cheap way to try and try and scare you <laughs> so yeah. i was laughing i mean uh, no, i mean I, to me i i had no there was nothing about the funeral that stuck out like oh this is fantastic or oh this is bad because of this this and this it's like to me it felt like it was what it should have been and then i like that it opens up the mystery of how are there pictures of me when i didn't even meet him until i was this age i mean i thought that and then she sees the vision she's having you know she dozes off because she's so sleep deprived and she sees the little girl which the little girl you know i won't give it away but you know we'll find out later but um i, I just thought the funeral scene was was good it was fine everything and by the way going back to something you said earlier i i told you that i didn't like how how slow the middle part got and we'll get into that later but I liked the explanation they gave in the middle part where they say when a person experiences X amount of hours of sleep deprivation, they begin having small bouts of, like, I guess, dream state or REM or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. And they go into that state where they can... And so that's how they're having these daytime visions. Even though they're awake, they're having these daytime visions. I liked that. Yeah, well, they're not even having daytime visions at that point. She's just falling the fuck asleep. <laughs> like, not at the funeral point. You're right. Yeah. I'm saying like you you had touched on that like probably five minutes ago. Yeah. And and I agree with you on that. I totally I like. Yeah. That that, that 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 to me, yeah, that's like the best. Like that's something new that that the original franchise never touched on. And it's like a real thing that they start like it's like a is daydreaming, hallucinating, you know, because they're so tired and shit. It's not even daydreaming, but it's like yeah. You know, they're so sleepy, they start having REM sleep, you know, like just right there, which is crazy, right? But it's badass. I mean, that's like something like, wow, um, I wish they would have done more. I mean, not the whole, the whole entire film, but, you know, do more more of that because it hadn't been done before. Um, but, yeah, Chris. Well, why why hadn't it been done before? Let's think about this. If the first, let's call it the first three were done in the, in the mid to late 80s, okay? Now, in the mid to late 80s, the brain scanning technology they had back then wasn't like what they had in the 2000s. Of course. So like, yeah. you know, the, the scientific world. They didn't know about and, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. That's what exactly why they should have made it a thing now is that, yeah, I mean, without you even saying, with saying that, I was kind of like, well, I mean, I'm sure back then they had no idea about any of these things. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're, they're, there's, like even now, there's like a scientific explanation for people dying in their sleep. They kind of understand certain things, which is scary as fuck. But they kind of like. But can you imagine being in the 70s and hearing about it? You're like, what? They just died, you know? For oh. they, they didn't die for natural causes. It, it's a, it's like an actual gimmick, whatever it is. But um, anyway, Chris, Chris sees photos of her and Dean, and she's like, you know, how do we know each other? We, I thought we didn't meet each other till sixth grade. I think most of them start meeting each other again which we find out later um why the game's going on and jesse's there who's like her ex-boyfriend something like that and chris played by um uh katie cassidy fine as fuck this most Mm. beautiful beautiful lady um she's there she's like the star of the show for me i wish she would have played i mean she couldn't have played nancy because she's a blonde she's way too hot for that you know but 
she was a really good actress. I thought thought she did a great job for when she was in the film for like 25, 30 minutes. Um, and uh, anyway, so they're having to talk there. And like one of the problems I have is 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 Rooney Mara as Nancy, the girl with the dragon tattoo actress. Um, they kind of like this. Th- they're trying to make sure they throw all the shit that they can at us as quickly as they can. So they're at the funeral, right? And like um, Chris is talking to Jesse about, you know, oh, you know, Dean was talking about, you know, this and that. And like, yeah. I, I would have bought that if, like you said earlier, if like the first 20, 30 minutes of the film was, you know, Dean, Chris, Jesse, and Nancy, Quentin all hanging out with each other. <laughs> and then when he dies. You know, it's kind of revealed that he was talking about all, but it's kind of like thrown at everyone so quick, and then Nancy just jumps in with a chair shot. Like, what did what did what did she say? Like, I believe you, or like, I you don't yeah. know what I've seen, and like, cause cause Jesse's yeah. kind of like shooting her down, you know. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is like Jesse is shooting her, and Jesse he run he does the run in at the funeral, and he says, look, you know. I know I was jealous and I wasn't the best friend and blah, 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 you know, but, you know, I didn't want this to happen to Dean. We all like Dean. Dean was my friend, blah, blah. Okay, fine, whatever. You know what? I'll, I'll take that at face value. Fine. And then Nancy comes in and, like I said, starts talking about what she's been going through and because her and Chris are talking about, like, the dreams and blah, blah, blah. And Jesse, yeah, like you said, Jesse steps in and he downplays it and he tries to squash it. He's like a Soviet dictator trying to squash dissent. Like, he just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he says something like, you know, you know, uh, you know, something about Chris, you know, she's already fucked up as it is, you know, like saying like, like, don't say anything about it, which I don't like the Jesse character just because he's like, he's just there to like, be like the Rod Lane, but he doesn't have any charm, charm the way Rod Lane handed the original. And he's uh, just kind of a petty, bitter, you know, kind of a jerk, kind of an a-hole. Yeah, it's like he's does he does no he does he doesn't do to me at least he doesn't do anything for the film. Um and Rod Lane in the original, like yeah, he was like a one he was a tough you know, the tough guy, you know, but like he had a charm to her. You can understand why why Tina liked him because, you know, he joked with her, it was like the sweet side and you know, he's he's very believable. With with Jesse it's just kinda like I don't I don't get why we should like him, why we should care. Uh, I think he's a good actor, but I just don't have I, – I, I think that's what I have to, like, file these things as. Is like these guys, some of, for the most part, these are good actors, um, yeah. but they're not given, like, enough shit to work with to for us to care yeah. about them, you know? Yeah, and that, that just makes say, like, you know – and, that, again, it, you kind of get into the chicken and the egg argument – or who's more responsible argument, or is it society, or is it the individual, and blah, blah. And it, it kind of leads back to that. But yeah, you can have the best actors in the world and so forth, but if you give them bad material, they can only do so much. Yes. Now, and yeah. now it, with, 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 with Jesse, it comes off as a petty, bitter, jealous asshole and so forth. Okay. But you don't hate him, and, you know, you... Yeah. you it speaks to how much of a heel the Freddy character is because you're rooting for Jesse mm-hmm. in spite, you know, in what he's going through. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Um, but, you know, Chris goes home and uh, she starts asking about, like, did I know Dean before, you know, high school, all that stuff? And her mom tells her, like, you know, I don't think so, all that. And, you know, and, and she goes and ends up eventually going through, like, the attic and finds 
elementary you know pictures and like oh that's when that's when she says it she's like i saw a picture yeah. of dean and you know and all that and then you know later on um she goes and finds it but she's like dreaming that she goes up to the attic again and she encounters freddie and shit and remember she, me remember me I like I like that. I was like, wow, you know, but it was too much. It was too many fake outs um, before then. But I liked that if we're going to get a jump scare, it's because she's dreaming of Freddy popping out. And then I'm fine with a jump scare because we don't want Freddy just to see. So- like, that's one thing I didn't like about the originals that I will say that that this film did better is that. Um, well, for the most part, we, we know, but we never see Jesse actually dream of Freddy. But like for Chris. She keeps seeing Freddy, and he keeps fucking with her, you know, more and more and more, and like building her up. And I like that the same way like Tina does. It's like, you know, like you don't want Freddy just to kill somebody as soon as they see him because, you know, he's he, they're not spreading the fear if if he does that. It's like, hey, Freddy needs to get you like three or four or five times, really scare the fuck out of you, so you tell you tell your friends about it, and then you know he kills you. So I liked. Um, what what this movie did as far as that uh, exactly this this movie this is what remember what i said this on the insidious four podcast and it's a truism of any kind of artistic theater the, the key to anything i don't care if it's a movie i don't care if it's a tv show i don't care if it's a live actor theater play you go see on fucking broadway i don't care if it's pro wrestling it's a simple formula yeah it is it is it, it is you just get you get heat on your heel you build a babyface character off of the heat of the heel. It's that fucking simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in between all that, we they have the Nancy scene just thrown in, so we can have the Freddy coming through the wall uh, gimmick, and it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. Like compared to the original, which was released. When was the original made, dude? Like '84, I think. And November fifth of '84 or something. Yeah. So. Like, 1984, this is 2010, and how the fuck does a, a scene from 1984, you know, look better than a 2010, you know, movie? I'm like, what? I, I was I was laughing. That's one of the problems I have with this film is that they use too many effects. Um, you know, Nancy, we, we, but at least we get to see Nancy, like, sort of seeing Freddy fuck with her. So that's what that, you know, that's that whole thing. Now, but you know, it's it's the arrogance, though. Like, we think we've got it all. We're so much better because we've got the CIG and all this stuff. Or CGI, rather. But it's like, you know, sometimes, honestly, it, it kind of harkens back to the Invisible Man. You know, like, the Invisible Man gets to you in a way, like, even though it's cheap and expensive graphics to make it go that way. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, it, that gets in your head more than, like, this fucking CGI they do in 2020 or 2010 or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. That's that's a good comparison. Um, and then we have Chris in the classroom. She starts having more dreams, and this is like one of the better ones um, in the film because again, Freddie's fucking with her. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and she's flipping the book, and we see the Freddie glove in the book, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I think that always is like very disturbing when they look at a, a book, like they do it in the It remake. Um, like they're flipping through books, they see all these kind of fucked up things, but she sees their Freddy book and she's like, oh no, wake up, wake up, wake up, you know? And then I love, I love like 
mostly, you know, for the most part, all of uh, Jackie's fucking Freddy lines, like, yes. you really shouldn't fall asleep, fall asleep in, class. in class. I was yeah. like, I was like, I love that, dude. You know? Yeah. I was like, all right. So this, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is how we're doing things now. No, but see, it's 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 different than the stupid ass. Uh, what's her name? The the cute intellectual black girl in the fourth one. Want to suck face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's just like whatever can come off the top of your head. Like this seems like well thought out, good puns for them. You know, like he's doing the puns, but he's doing it like in a, like a sinister kind of way. You know, like because he knows like what he's he knows what he's doing. You know, like he's fucking with her. Like you fell asleep. You know, basically telling her, and now now I'm here. You know, you really shouldn't fall asleep in class. Um, and anyway, so. Uh, Chris's mom has to do some kind of bullshit for the uh, for the airport. She's like a, a flight attendant or some shit, what it looks like. And Jesse sneaks through, through her window, another jump scare. Um, but they start... Does that make you fucking remember? Okay, I, I I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember that show Clarissa Explains It All on Nickelodeon? Yeah, I do remember that one, actually. Actually. Okay. And you remember Sam, the the friend that he was kind of, they kind of teased if he would or wouldn't be her boyfriend, but he was her friend, and he always came to visit her on the ladder through the second floor of her. I was gonna, when you started talking about that, I was like, wasn't there a person that went through the ladder all the time, or came up to the window through a ladder? <laughs> yep, Sam. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go and check out those Nickelodeon, those Nickelodeon, uh, you know, shows again, dude. They're they're pretty interesting. Um, but uh, yeah. So they start talking, and this is like, again, when they sit down and they start having real conversation, I'm interested. And this is one of those points where, you know, Chris is very believable. She's like, oh, my God, we're dreaming of the same man. You know, she's telling him all that shit. Like, um, I don't remember the exact verbiage. Maybe you do. Um, oh, yeah. He says, like, I keep having, you know, these dreams. And I think dream. I think Dean was having them, too, you know, and. And then, like, he jumps in, like, he's burned, you know? Yeah, and it's, here, here's, here's what it is. I know what you're going to say, but now every time I dream, I see this man. Like you said, he's burned and melted, and he's always trying to attack me with. And then Jesse finishes the sentence, these knives on his fingers. But yeah. it's like, okay, you're, you're at the point where you're both having dreams of the same shit. You're finishing each other's sentences. That's how close of a connection you're having. Yeah. And yet you have to fucking throw it in the trash and squash it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that whole denial game. Like, you know, the denial part is for, like, the parents. It shouldn't be for the boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, that are obviously people are, around them are dying. Jesse and Chris, you know, end up fucking getting over, doing a, getting a few squirts in, of course, you know, and uh, she falls asleep, and this is where I have, like, of course, like, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a hater of remakes, I'm gonna tell you what I like and I don't like, I thought the whole beginning, for the most part, was great with Chris, and then you have this kind of, like, let down, um, Chris, death, 
kind of whole section, right? Um, which I thought the Tina the Tina scene was a hundred thousand times superior because when I think about and it doesn't have to copy it, but it's just like, hey, bring something new, but it be, but be good. You know, she's looking for Rufus, and you know, Freddie does. You know, the, the to me one of the stupid lines. Uh, you know, because she kill he kills her dog. I was just petting him. You know, uh, but then it goes to she's running back inside. She's at a preschool, which, you know, goes to a great line. I love is when Freddie's doing like the countdown, like if he's going to play hide and seek. Yeah, I thought, wow, that that part was scary. You know, like three, two, one. And then he's ready or not. Here I come. And then <laughs> and then she wakes up, you know, and at least she thinks she wakes up. Right. And yeah. um. She wakes up and Freddy found you, and then does he does the whole kill, but it kind of like fucked it up because yeah. she's like flip flipping around. Look, it looks kind of dumb. She's like like flipping around or whatever. The you know the stab is is brutal, but it's like over so quick. It's just like her flying around and then like stab down down the chest. Now my point, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you talk, Jerry, but my whole thing was is like when you go to Tina's death, like yeah. she wakes up. And someone, what, what's going on? You got rocks being thrown at the window or something, you know? And and uh, you, you hear, Tina. You know, it's like, wow, that's fucked up, scary, you know, Tina. And, you know, you know who, you know who, who's out there? You know, whatever you are, whatever. And she ends up going, you know, to outside, rainy-ass alley. And then they have the fucking uh, garbage can lid, like, roll. And, like, kind of like, like that back then, that was, like, the jump scare, you know? And then she's uh, she looks and she sees a silhouette of Freddy's hat, and we have that, and then Tina, and he comes with these super long, over-exaggerated arms, and you're just like, holy fuck! Like, imagine seeing that. Like, of course, you know you're dreaming when you see some shit like that, but that's the point. Is like, wow, it's so over-exaggerated and crazy, and he runs after her, and the death, the death for her is so fucking brutal because she's like. Ah, you know, and you blood everywhere, and 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 Rod's selling it, you know, Tina. And this one, it's like they did such a great character, such injustice with like a quick death, not very interesting death, other than the fact that you know Freddie got himself over with the ready or not, here I come. But that's just me throwing out what I think on a very important death thing that'll be like the most um, critiquing and most in depth I'll get with any of these deaths. But what did you think about that whole Chris death scene build up shit? I mean, it, I I thought it was I thought it was done fine. I know it, like you said, the uh, part one in the 1984 November of '84 one was definitely longer, more drawn out, and more built up to it. But in this movie, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can always be better. No matter what it is you're doing, you can always be better. You can always borrow from the past, learn from the past. You can always do things better. I didn't have a problem with this death scene. I thought it was done fine. Now. I, the thing I the thing I noticed just about this movie is it just it stands out because like okay, Chris is supposed to be like the Tina character in the first one, in the real first one. Now it's just it's interesting how they do so much name borrowing. Like you got you got a Nancy in this movie, <laughs> and and <laughs> and um, it's an over ass name. That's all I gotta say about that. It sure is. And, uh, and but she's not Nancy Thompson. She's Nancy Holbrook. Yeah. Then you have a Jesse in this movie. Now he's not a gay guy or a you know <laughs> hinting at he's not a hinting at gay guy or pseudo you know you know quasi. You don't yeah, know metro- that. You don't know that. <laughs> 
he's not metrosexual or anything like that. He's just a fucking, you know, he's the, the jealous ex that, you know, used to have Chris and then Dean got her and now Dean's dead. You know, all that stuff. It's And then, then you have, with, with Chris, you know, the assumption is she's a Christina, but like a Tina, you know, mm-hmm. and she's the first one to die. And she gets, like, in the bedroom, gets fucking dragged to the ceiling and thrown around all that shit. So the name borrowing, the nomenclature borrowing is very interesting. It's great. I, you know, like, exactly. The Christina, Tina, Chris, you kind of, like, ripping them all off with a K, daddy. So uh, the one of the dumber parts, you know, of course, like I said, it wasn't um, – you could always be better. But I thought the 84 was superior in every way with that. I understand your viewpoint, but then you have Jesse running out of there like a son of a bitch, and he gets caught like like right away. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, re- like to me, like I don't have a problem with him running and all that, but like the way he gets caught, it's like so ridiculous. But he goes and visits Nancy, and he like again like they yeah. try they throw they throw all the shit out. Like okay, he's gonna go visit Nancy. And he tells her no, you know yeah. don't don't fall asleep and like. I don't know about you, but even though I know you or Mark, if y'all came in through my bedroom window all bloody, you know I wouldn't go. Why is whose blood is that? Yeah, I wouldn't be like, what the fuck is what the fuck? You know what I mean? I wouldn't yeah. go. I like, and I, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't hate on you for that. Here's the thing. Look, okay, look. If if I ever murdered somebody, I wouldn't. You know, I I don't have this expectation that you're supposed to be doing all this stuff to have my back. And stuff like that because you know, okay, I fucking murdered somebody. No, well, you should. I would still not have that. I would either laugh, but I wouldn't have that that uh, Nancy reaction like where like I'm like, whose blood is that? I'd be like, Chris, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> and you should. Yeah, but she like gives like no emotion. Like that's my problem. Is like no one in the right. I don't care how sleepy you are or whatever. If so, especially like a guy, if you're a woman, and then especially if they come in with blood, and especially someone you really don't talk to comes yeah. in through your window, like it's okay to like not scream, but like really like, oh, what the fuck, you know, something, and then like everything's fine, you know, everything's er- everything's fine, no big deal, you know, and like Nancy, like, but that's the problem with Nancy for the most part. She actually gets a little bit better towards the end of the film, but like the first tap. Like, she doesn't have any emotion with anything she's saying. Like, she's yeah. there, and she's like, whose blood's that, you know, and all that crap. And, you know, of course, he gets arrested right away. And then, like, she calls uh, Quentin, and she's like, hey, you know, you said if I needed a talk to call you. He's like, yeah. And then she goes, Chris is dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this character? <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like, why doesn't she fucking, like, have any emotion? But I'm not going to harp on Nancy, you know, the whole entire fucking film. I already harp on Nancy on another podcast. So, anyway. Well, look, I mean, the thing, okay. So, the OJ trial guy in me, the Robert Blake trial guy in me, the Biggie and Tupac trial guy in me, the, the, guy, that, the guy in me that watches murder, Scott Peterson, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all these murder discovery investigations, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking to myself, okay, he was at Chris's house when she died, but the parents of Chris didn't know he was there. Mm-hmm. He came up secretly in the ladder, kept quiet, slept with her. Now, if he runs out of the house and no one ever witnesses him, bloody shirt, and he gets into Nancy's house and Nancy believes him because of everyone having the same dream, then when 
Colleen, you know, whatever her name, Colleen Britt or whatever the fuck her name is, you know, Mrs. Holbrook, Dr. Holbrook, whatever. She walks into Nancy's room, and he has to leave because she's going to walk into Nancy's room. Okay, but if you hide under the fucking bed or in the closet, you know, if you just tell mom everything's going to be okay, then she leaves. Now, you have time to go home in the morning Burn the fucking shirt, change the shirt, throw it away, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Get into clean clothes. Because then no one's going to suspect you because nobody eyewitnessed you there near the murder scene. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. that. And then even then, it's like they have a dead body but no weapon. Like, what did he what, – how, how did, you know, Chris have four slashes across her body? And, you know, like, even if they did put him at the scene because he's got nut in her, he's just like, yeah, I banged her. I, I, went, I went to go walk to the store. I came back and she's fucking dead, you know, whatever the fuck, like, okay, so they can't prove you did anything, you know what I mean, like, what are they going to say, like, okay, you know, you know, he fucking, Charles Xavier stabbed her with nothing, no murder weapon, you know, he's got blood <laughs> on her because he found her, like, anyway, but yeah, I didn't like that whole little, that's just us being, being uh, critics, of course, but he goes to jail and then he has a, a pretty quick death scene, like I said, we didn't get to know him en enough and we kind of like, not didn't didn't like him but he kind of is just kind of like a naysayer which he shouldn't be because they're all fucking having these fucking dreams um but it has one of the best lines in the fucking film when he starts dreaming of Je of uh freddie well it's like it's you know hey you're i like how they do the, like the little transfer or you know the the fucking you know from from jail to to dream gimmick uh when it's like your parents posted your bail and he like takes off and He's in a fucking boiler room as soon as he walks out, which is kind of to me. Yeah. It, it really reminds me of a of a Freddy's Dead when uh, Carlos comes out of uh, whatever the fuck, and like he turns around and it's like a brick wall and it's his mom. Like it yeah. really it really reminded me of Freddy's Dead. Uh, but anyway, um, he sees like the dead bodies of Dean and Chris, and he's like, um, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "No, just me," you know, and uh, and. Uh, He's like, he's like, you know, he's freaking out or whatever. And uh, I love, I love what he says. He's like, do you think you could turn back time? You know, do you think you could bring the the dead back to life? You know, or bring her back to life? And he's like, no. He's like, I didn't fucking think so. Think so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he freaks out. You know, he's like chicken shit, of course. You know, but I'd, I'd be running or swinging. But um, Freddie just comes and behind him and impales him. You know, from the fucking back to front with the glove which is a pretty crazy death which is cool i mean i i I, I, dug, I dug it i dug yeah and it has and okay and here's the cool thing like i, I remember this from the three times seeing it now if you include the 2010 viewing of it but he has him hanging up to that did you know that when the heart stops beating the brain stays active for at least seven minutes yeah i've got, I've got <laughs> at least six more minutes with you yeah, we got six more minutes to play. Uh, he does the Jake. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I get it, it. It was fucking like they had like sprinkles of good shit on, on, on it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, it's a horrible scene or like, no, like I, I know like they fucked up with the Jesse character. But the way Freddy's doing his stuff is great. Like, I love that whole like science into fucking horror movies are like did you know like you said do you know you know when the when the body stops working you know the heart stops pumping the brain and all that crap like i love that because you're like wow he's gonna torture jesse for like what it's gonna seem to him like an eternity you know yeah. um 
And uh, after all that bullshit, there's like a library scene. It's real quick. Um, Quentin's like doing research on uh, on I think it's Freddy or something like that or Dreams. I think it is actually. It, it's it's yes yeah, the dream state and all that shit. And so so can I tell you this is where the movie starts to pull because like if you you know me anyway I'm gonna be watching this at night and it's like it's already nighttime. I've already had dinner. Now, <laughs> up to the Jesse kill, and then, like, from here on out, for, like, 30 minutes, this movie, like, comes to a screeching halt. It slows way the fuck down. I can't stay awake from this. It's, like, the mere thought of somebody researching sleep deprivation puts me to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And I like when he's there at the, at the computer and it goes to sleep mode. <laughs> yeah. And I love, like... Like, I like the way they did certain things. Like I said, I'll trash this film for what it doesn't do wrong. And I really don't I really do not do that with too many horror films. Like, I'll laugh at it or whatever. But this one, I'm extra critical because, like, I love Freddy. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm looking at it with a different perspective, especially since I've seen it so many times. But, like, I loved the fact that he's there and then he's just wandering a library. Because to me, like, for whatever reason, libraries are fucking creepy, you know? Library, they're quiet places with nothing but shelves of books, and you know, you know, it's just fucking creepy. And he sees like Freddy, and he turns around real quick, and then you know, um, uh, Nancy shows up there, and they start talking about the 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 Pied Piper of Hamlin or some bullshit like that. How they're trying to connect the story, um, they're trying to find some kind of like um, way to connect Freddy, I guess, in mythology or whatever with. Because the Pied Piper had like a striped sweater and a hat and all that or whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but they do um, eventually um, go go to uh, – what's it called? Uh, search through – what's her called? I can't even think of her name. Nancy's mom's drawer because it's like in between all that, like she's like, do, do we know a guy named Freddy and all that? And she's all like, I don't think so. And she's like so like guilty. You know what I mean? Like – the Mrs. Mrs. Holbrook, yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Holbrook. So they they go, you know, look at their drawers and they find uh, a school picture, which has everyone there, as Quentin and Dean and Chris. And she's like, "Why are you lying to me? Why do you keep lying? Oh, I'm not lying to you. I did this to protect you." <laughs> Nancy's mom start telling that that uh, Freddie backstory, which I thought that instead of having this like bullshit part, and then of course you know Quentin has a dream later on, they should have just started off the film with like 10, 15 minutes of like a Freddie story, you know, um, to avoid having to do all this stuff. But do you remember what uh, what Nancy's mom tells her like as far as who Freddie was and all that crap? Oh, I do, and uh, uh, yeah, it's okay. There was a man at the preschool. His name was Fred Krueger. He was a gardener. He lived in the basement of the preschool. And you kids were his life. <laughs> we didn't want to believe it at first. Yeah, and like I was all like, 
okay, there's a he lived in the basement of a fucking preschool, and like so they're trying to throw they're trying to like smash in all this crap because. You know, the original, like, what Freddy would do was, that, like, he was, like, whatever. They didn't say what he was, right? But he would take kids to the boiler room, you know, or basement, right? And then he would, like, kill them there. Um, so they're trying to make it seem like, oh, he was a gardener. That's why he had access to kids and all that. I always thought Freddy should have been, like, a school bus driver because <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of Freddy, too. You know what I mean? Like, like he could have, like, just kept a kid on a bus and then took him where he wanted to take him, you know, because of their kids – they don't know any fucking better for the most part, you know what I mean? Like, and um, I thought that would have been a good like kind of throwing in there, but yeah, she starts telling it, she starts bullshitting, she's all like, oh, you know, but he left town before you know they could arrest him, so she's like giving like the half-ass, uh, you know, story about all that bullshit. Um, and I was thinking when I saw like the flashbacks, I was like, man, you know, Jackie Haley's one ugly motherfucker. He didn't need that much fucking makeup, you know, like. He looks a lot like Steve Nash, dude. Where they're like, their their face almost looks like skeleton, like and melted, like for real. Like that to be fucked up, but like, their faces are so skinny. And Jack, yeah. Jackie's already bald, right? Jackie's already bald. If they would have put like minimum amount of makeup, just to, like if Robert England looked that good with makeup, can you imagine somebody that's like naturally ugly like Jackie, you know, with just a little bit of you know prosthetics or whatever, contact lenses? I, I didn't. Okay. I don't think of Jackie as being ugly, and I don't think of it so. But at the same time, I I do agree. Freddie, as he's haunting the teens, and Jackie Earl Haley as he's playing Fred Krueger, the preschool kindergartner, whatever, preschool uh, gardener, whatever. It's not a radical departure. Like you can look at the two, and you can easily reconcile the two of them. I'll say that. You mean to tell me Jackie Earl Haley's a handsome man? No, I didn't say he's handsome, but it's like he's not terrible looking or bad looking, and it's like, but but, but I'm you saying he see. he has the features that he wouldn't need all that fucking makeup. He's a, he's a got a super bony face with you know really big cheekbones. Yeah, he's bald. Why would you need to put like his head looks oversized at least to me with all that fucking makeup? Yeah, he's. He's a thin guy. I agree with you on that. Now I didn't uh, bald. I didn't know because I saw him playing, you know, '90s Fred Krueger with that gimmick that hair. Yeah, that Ray, yeah. that Ray, that Ray Clay hair hair piece. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know he was bald. Yeah, so I'm like, why the fuck does he have all this fucking makeup on when like he would be perfectly fine? Like I said, with just minimal makeup. You know, of course, you want to look make him look burned, but. I mean, you don't need a fucking like, – he was CGI. I don't know if you know it, but it's like he's I – mean, obviously, but I don't know if, what I'm telling you. It's like he's all CGI. Like you have a great actor like Jackie Haley, and you're going to put make him all CGI. You know I didn't it, know that. Yeah, it's like, no, he doesn't need to be all CGI'd out or whatever the fuck. But anyway, I'm going to stop, stop harping on that that bullshit. So Nancy goes to a library you know, with her, with her fucking school photo, and she starts researching all the people that are in there. And she's finding out they're all dying. Uh, the one they actually show is Marcus, like an Asian guy, um, who also came out on the Friday the 13th uh, remake. Um, and he's talking about Freddy. You know, he's like, I keep having this dream about a guy. He's bird, you know, striped sweater. Um, and he keeps luring me to the basement of a preschool. So, of course, like, eventually, I don't know exactly when it is, but it's like around that point, too, where yeah, I remember that. Nancy has a dream where she goes to that, that same preschool 
and then yep. she gets that 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 idea like you know like hey we need to go to that preschool but not before you know quentin uh goes in goes into uh swim class and passes the fuck yes. out and has that whole freddy backstory like thrown on our lap did, did you like anything about that backstory I, I did actually. It's just you know, I mean, as someone who in ninth grade was on the swim team, and as somebody who uh, you know, I can appreciate Nancy trying to brainstorm and trying to figure. I mean, again, I don't necessarily like from from a pragmatic standpoint. I don't necessarily think that it it a hundred percent is necessary that you would have to go to preschool to enter the dream world to then bring Freddie back in, but okay. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to, you know, with, the thing is, I'm, I'm trying to train my 37-year-old adult brain to let go of every little hold on with fiction. You know, it's, that's the thing is like, when I was a kid, fiction was no problem. I didn't overanalyze it. I just either liked it or I didn't like it. And in my adult years, because I listen to wrestling podcasts where they're analyzing wrestling creative, I've brought that into my brain with everything I watch nowadays. Yeah. And I say, oh, that's horseshit or that's stupid, that's bullshit or whatever. And like, it's gotten to the point where like, I, I don't watch action movies. I, ne- I never have been an action movie guy, but I, I especially hate them now because I'm so over-analyzing every little thing. But I have to, in a movie like this, I have to just step back and tell myself. I agree, yeah. I agree because... Every time there's an explosion, you're like, "Oh, there's no way he'd survive that." You, you don't, you wouldn't watch, you know, 30 minutes of Die Hard. You know, you'd be done by then. You know, yeah. but, uh, but, um, no, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 I like, I don't play that. Bo- I hate people that say it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I'm not really one of those people that are gonna like, oh, if it doesn't make any sense, I'm not interested. Like, no, if it's like, it, it, you know, if it doesn't make any sense consistently, and there's something like, there's more problems than that because. You know, we're watching a movie, you know, it, it's supposed to be a little over the top, a little bit, whatever. So I like it has to be like I wouldn't love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles if I wanted a movie to make sense. Right. So anyway, um, uh, but, but but do do not ask me to watch any of the Fast and Furious movies. Cause I, want. I don't like that just because it's stupid because uh, it doesn't make sense. But so they go in and they, they decide to go on a road trip. You know, I love road trips, but they decide to go ahead and try and find that preschool. And I, and I laughed like my favorite, like one of my favorite scenes is like when Quentin's like, I need to make a stop because he needs to get his like his medication and shit. Well, before before all that, he confronts his dad about yeah. the, about the fucking, you know, uh, about because he had the dream uh, and he tells he tells his dad like he's all like, you kill, you know, you killed Fred Cougar or some shit like that. And uh He's like, where'd we you hear? We were five. We would have said anything. Yeah, he's all like, the cave? Did you ever find it? And he's all like, no. He's all like, you killed an innocent man. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I thought I, I didn't like it, but, you know, I was just like, you know, why would he right away go to, like, why would he think Freddy's innocent? Like, because to me, I'm thinking, like, okay, let me put myself in, in like, again, it doesn't have to make sense, but let me put myself in those shoes. Like, if I'm dreaming about a guy, like, trying to kill everyone, and he's already probably killed two of my friends... He's probably a fucked up person, you know, even if he's doing it like after like, you know, the dreams or whatever. Like, and if you don't remember, I mean, is it your fault? You know, is, is a little kid at fault for lying at four or five fucking years old anyway? You know what I mean? Like telling their parents like someone's molesting them or whatever, right? Especially, especially like here's the thing. It's like if, if you really want to get deep on it, 
if you really want to get like you know realistic analyzing on it and this is why again you have to be careful with fiction movies because if you do too much reality analyzing you're gonna not watch any fiction film ever again it's the thing is is okay if i'm freddy I'm not blaming the kids for what they said they went through or whatever, even if they lied. I'm mad at the parents mm-hmm. who organized this whole thing to chase yeah. me out of town and burn me alive. Yeah, exactly. That would have Why been a, isn't he haunting the parents? Yeah, that would have been a good add-on to it, right? Like he fucks with the he fucks with the parents and the kids, something like yes. that, right? You know and by I mean? the way, Quentin's dad uh, plays the uh, plays one of the detectives in that Fox series they had about Biggie and Tupac murders back in 2018. So I I knew I recognized for something, and I you, think about it. Are you are you kidding me, Quentin's dad? You're gonna go with Clancy Brown and not mention the Shawshank Redemption? I forgot Shawshank Redemption. You're right, but that's Mark's movie. That's Marky Dangerously movie. But Dude, the um, Shawshank Redemption is the greatest movie with a black guy narrating the whole time I've ever seen, besides Driving Mrs. Daisy. But go ahead. Oh, it's a, it's a good fucking movie. But it's like I mean, Morgan Freeman, anything is good. But the thing is, um, he was in that Biggie and Tupac murder movie mystery thing. Of course, movie. of course, he would go with murder mystery gangster instead of. Shawshank Redemption. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've never. I didn't know they made one, but I got to. Oh, you know what? I did hear about. It. Is it a recent one? Yeah, it's from 2018. It's on my Google Play. You can what? watch it. Uh, I'm gonna get it over now. I need now. If I can watch yeah. it tonight. No, yeah, I love Clancy Brown. See, like, I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you brought that up, Jerry. Because I was. I had wrote notes. I'm like, have you noticed it? Because you haven't mentioned it, but there's no Lieutenant Thompson. No. Well, of course not. Because okay. Nancy, the character—they—they're all they're doing is borrowing the names. They're not borrowing the prototypical story. There's no so Lieutenant Holbrook. <laughs> no, there's no Lieutenant Holbrook. There's no Lieutenant anybody because the thing is, all it is is they took the name Nancy, put it on a different type of character, and then her mom is some kind of other type of doctor, but not any kind of thing that has to do with this. Yeah. And her mom is Doctor Gwen Holbrook, but it's she's, like she's no- a, she's a doctor. Is that what she is? The Wikipedia page said she's Dr. Gwen Holbrook. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck she was. I mean, I know she wears glasses, but I don't know if she was a doctor. But um... And here's the thing. That actress that played Gwen Holbrook, the mom, mm-hmm. she was in the, forgive me for saying it, but she was in the OJ series on FX about, uh, she played Faye Resnick, who was Nicole's, you know, close friend before she died. But OJ hated Faye Resnick because she was a big coke addict. And he felt Faye was making Nicole a coke addict. Great. So, um, they so after all that, they go and make that road trip, right? And my favorite scene is like when Quentin's trying to get like a prescription. Like he has a prescription, or he has a a refill for his prescription, I should say. And like I love the guy, the the pharmacist, the the Paul the Paul Karam. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like no selling. He's like no selling this kid's request. He's mm-hmm. not like. He's all like, you're all out of refills. He's all like, I've been taking this since I was 15. And, like, the guy's supposed to, like, if he's a teenager, he's probably, like, supposed to be, like, 17 probably, right? He's like, I've been taking this since I was 15. Just, just fill it up. He's like, just give me give me a few. And the guy's all, um, no. <laughs> but, but see, but that's the thing. Like, that, that kid, and he's saying, like, he's saying, just fill it up. And he looks like that. Remember? Like remember a junkie what, and shit. <laughs> yeah, remember what you and Jason were talking about with Jesse? He was like, that junky new wave kind of look that's yeah. what fucking quentin has he has that junky look 
on uh, even though you know he should be a good looking kid, but he's with the bags under his eyes, dark circles and shit. Yeah. Now, when he says, "Just fill up the prescription," just fill up the prescription. You know what that reminded me of? Huh. What? Fucking uh, Carl Bruner in the movie Ghost. And he's just give me the check, Sam. Just give me the check. Oh yeah, when he's over there, fucking gonna kill Demi Moore's character, whatever. And yeah. Whoopi... Go ahead. And Whoopi Goldberg, he's like, just give me the check, Sam. Yeah, yeah, just give it to me. Yeah, he does look like he's fucking going insane almost, right? But uh, Carl Bruner, I forgot his name. Carl! Um, and then, like, Nancy's in the car, and she's, like, fucking tripping the fuck out. And I like the jump scare kind of thing where, like, again, this is when she starts, when I mentioned it way earlier... She starts, like, daydreaming, whatever, having that REM sleep while she's still awake. And Freddy, like, rips off the door, throws her out the car. She's, like, crawling into the store and, like, slices her. Like, wake up. You're bleeding. But that whole little section, I thought it was, like, amazing. I'm like, wow, this is good. Like, I'm like, um, this whole ending, like, I didn't, I forgot how good this was. And that kind of, like, brought me back into being a fan of this movie scene, like, how Freddy was like chasing her you know like while she was awake and um they end up going to the hospital and uh to get her to treat her wounds and do you know who that who that doctor is that's trying to get uh mrs holbrook dr holbrook to sign those release forms you know who that is no who is that it's april o'neill from the original teenage mutant ninja turtles dude are you shitting me are you shitting me Oh, yeah. Are you fucking yeah. shitting me? She's so fine. Like, it's funny when I saw her in the uh, in the movie as a kid, like, I didn't see – because I guess it's like I'm not into curly hair or whatever. And I was like, why did they get picked this April O'Neil? And then you see her, like, fucking damn near – literally 20 years, you know, later. I'm like, wow, she's like a beautiful lady, and she's 20, much, 20 years older. She's like in her 40s, right? And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, wow, like, I guess you get older and a little bit of straight hair gets you over, but – April O'Neil, man, she's the doctor. Um, Quentin ends up stealing some adrenaline shots and you know, you know, bust Nancy out of there so they can take off because they're trying to put her put her to sleep. And uh, I I like that finally they start having really you know Christopher J says like really good conversation because they start talking you know like, they're like oh try and keep me awake and Quentin's all like how come you never went out those times I asked you or whatever and she's like I really don't fit in all that crap. And he's like, well, once this is all over, like, I'm going to take you out. And she's like, what if I say no? And he goes, why don't you sleep on it? <laughs> I started laughing, dude. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's what they should have done with all the characters the first 20, 30 minutes of the film. And then when they would have died, we would have been like, no, you know, not Jesse. You know, like, now why my Richie? All that bullshit. Um but they end up crashing in front of the the, the, the preschool. And I laugh because they're looking for, like, the secret cave. You know, like you were saying, did you ever find it? And uh, they find it, like, within, like, two minutes. <laughs> because, like, the like, like the parents never found it. These fuckers find it, like, right away, you know. Uh, and then when Nancy's having that whole, you know, dream at, at the, uh, the pharmacy or whatever, she ends up pulling out a piece of uh, Freddy's sweater. So she has this idea 
that's like, hey, we're here, let's make a stand, let me go to sleep and pull them out, just like the original. Yeah. So they go ahead and do that. Nancy goes into her dream, and of course, Quinn, and Quinn falls, falls asleep first. <laughs> well, no, Quinn, before he fell asleep first, he took, you know, those those old school uh, public school uh, paper shredders that teachers had in the. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, those big old chompers. I was yeah. like, I remember seeing those when they used to cut, like, that fucking paper. I forgot what kind of paper it's called, but yeah, they used to cut, like, all the paper back then. When Construction we were in school. paper. Construction paper, exactly, dude. Yes. <laughs> They used to chop it up with that shit. So I was like, I've seen that before. I can't remember what it's called. You know, just like a pe- pencil sharpener. Not too many kids see that nowadays. Yep. But uh, Quinn goes to sleep first, and Freddy, you know, fu- you know, slashes him and shit. <laughs> you can't save her and all that bullshit. And um, I was kind of like getting a Dream Warriors vibe because she's all like, you know, Freddy. She starts calling him out. He's like, Your girlfriend's here. I'll be right back. And I was thinking like. So did Nancy like do a Dream Warriors and go in the same dream as like as as uh you know Quentin? And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, like they should have done more of that or a little bit at least a little bit earlier, or at least saving each other. Like one of them's got that power or whatever to bring them together. Uh, but I guess that might have been too early. Um, and at uh, the same time, though, okay, so. Nancy goes involuntarily by herself, and Quinn's there to bring her out. Like I said, he falls asleep too. But at the same time, like, dr- fuck, man, I had a thought here. It was so well planned out, and then I fucking forgot. It. <laughs> it's all good, dude. But um, so she calls out Freddy. Whenever you remember your thought, just jump on in. But uh, yeah, she, uh, you know, Nancy confronts Freddy, and I, I like, I laugh, like all the stuff Freddy. Um, you know, says to her, uh, he's like, what game? He's like, found you. He tells her, found you. What game do you want to play next? And he, she goes, fuck you. He goes, sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. He's like, fuck you and all. Sounds like fun. A little fast for me, though. Why don't we hang out for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, why don't we hang out first? <laughs> I was like, I love that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love, like. That's funny, mean Freddy, dude. We need more. We, we need more of that shit. You know, like I like that. Like he's like really mean and demented, but like he's fucking with with them, you know. And uh, that's when Nancy like runs away, and she ends up being like back at her house. Um, and um, I thought that was really cool because like they kind of go from like Freddy being like well the nightmare gimmick but they're in the house and then he goes from being freddy to michael myers when she's hiding in the closet and then he pops out of the closet and goes boo and i was like okay i don't like the boo part um one you know like i was saying like oh i hated how uh you know i'll say tina how chris's death wasn't as good as tina's but they try to like copy it but they didn't do a good job of it i love the new reimagining of you know how when Nancy went up the stairs and it was kind of like whatever that the stairs were like like quicksand, well, you know uh, Nancy's running through the hallway and it's blood like that's like like sloppy blood like it, I was like wow that's cool like I like that way better talk about a wet dream yeah yeah that's what he says yeah he's a, like exactly like he's like he's doing like like the perfect you know throw-ins you know in there and then of course you know. She like falls through the ceiling, ends up on bed on the bed, and uh, you know Freddie 
he goes, uh, "You're, you know, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." I know it was the perfect inverse of the of the of the fucking first one because, like, instead of "You're my girlfriend now, Nancy," it's "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." Yeah, I like I liked it. Yeah, exactly when he said that, I popped for it because I wasn't expecting it. And it was like, oh shit, they threw it. In. Like that's how like it's, it, it didn't seem forced. It seemed like. You know, like we're giving a nod and a wink to the original, but we're we're making it our own. We're adding a little bit of flair to it. We know the line. We know the line itself is over, but how do we fit it in um, appropriately without forcing it? You know what I mean? You know, so I, I loved all that shit, and you know, he's there doing all that bullshit. Like he tells her before all that, he's like, you know, you know, because he shows up with like her like school schoolgirl dress or whatever the fuck. That she wore as a kid. Like, it was always one of my favorites. And, you know, all that bullshit. And, you know, you can't wake up, you know, because I made sure when you fell asleep, you'd never wake up again. And that's when Quentin, like, shoots her in, in the chest with the adrenaline shots that he had yeah. got earlier. And she fucking wakes up with Freddy and they have their confrontation. And then, yeah, that fucking paper shredder gimmick thing is like the main weapon <laughs> and, and remember quinn stabbed him in the back of the leg yeah well like scissors or something right i don't know what the fuck it or a piece of glass so i know they stab him in the, in the eye i don't know if it was in the dream oh yeah it was Nancy yeah did that. She with scissors in the eye he pulled yeah. it right out and no sells it yeah and then when when quinn gets involved he has just a plain knife stabs him in the back of the knee and then that's when nancy uses the paper shredder thing to get a cut off his hand. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, he's about to fucking kill Quentin, and then, yeah, she chops off his hand, and I was like, oh, shit, well, that's that's all she wrote for Freddy. He's uh, She's like, hurts, doesn't it? It's because you're in my world now, bitch. <laughs> does, does Freddy say bitch to anybody in the whole film? He does it, right? Not that stuck out, no. Yeah, I don't think he said the word bitch, so I think it's funny that, that uh, then Nancy said it like she finally got because, you know, Freddie's always calling girls bitch. So it's, you know, it's cool now that, you know, she's like, you know, like hurts, doesn't it? Because, you know, because Freddie had said something about like, you can't hurt me in my world. You know, he tells her something like that in one of the dreams um, just a while ago. And then she's like, you're in my world now, bitch. So um, she grabs the lantern, decides to burn down the little preschool. The cops don't question them, them of course. <laughs> they just get taken home. And uh, the best part of the fucking movie of, I mean, like from the original for y'all that remember, you know, you know, Nancy walks through the door and everything's fine. And she's like, it was all like, oh, it's a great day, whatever the fuck. And then Freddie ends up pulling her through the fucking door and looks like shit. Well, this film has this has this thing about fucking with people. It's like they do things so fucking wrong to me and then they go and get they go and completely redeem themselves by probably having the greatest ending in a nightmare on elm street of all time like to me bar none like it's number one is nancy goes home with her mom and she's like and like i love the way the mom's like okay i want you to go straight up to bed i'm like oh what a thing to say after all this crazy thing you know going on and then she's like mom she's like mom i know you were just trying to protect me you know this and that and like the mom puts down the keys and like looks at Nancy and then she like looks up like the the mirror in back of her is like Freddy in the mirror and she fucking just screams fucking knives through the eyes and pulls her 
from you know like fucking present world into the mirror and like all the glass and blood go back into the mirror and like Nancy finally does some real acting like probably does like her first real scream or at least it feels that way screaming her ass off and I'm blown away like what the fuck just happened like if you know it's like having this biggest like the pop of the night at the very end dude yeah absolutely yeah it's like you think everything's gonna be okay you think everything's gonna be fine her and Mrs. Holbrook or Dr. Holbrook or whoever Gwen they get home and then she tells yeah go upstairs get some sleep it's gonna be okay they think they've defeated the arch nemesis the enemy and then she, Nancy, looks in the mirror in the in the foyer, sees Freddy, and then Freddy reaches right through her skull. It's like fuck. But it's it's kept. But but that's to be expected, though. That's the thing with horror movies. Horror movies, as they used to say in wrestling in the babyface in the in the territory days, horror movies are a heel territory. You're you know <laughs> seldom are you gonna have the crowd go home happy that the babyface won, and it's the same thing here. Mm. Fucking Freddy, you know, at the very end reaches through Mrs. Holbrook's head and does something, and it's like you were just, you were holding on hope. You thought they won, and lo and behold, it's the same thing with Ghost Ship. When uh, Epps wakes up, thinks everything's okay, the spirits are free on the boat, blah, 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 and then she wakes up and sees the evil guy leading all her former friends to carry gold off the ship. <laughs> He had to throw ghost ship in there. That's not bitch. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was an amazing ending. Like I said, I was, you know, I, hopefully I explained to you guys why I've had a love and hate relationship with this film. Because it has, like, a lot of flaws, you know, of course, like all, all the other films. Uh, you know, even, like, the Freddy ones that, you know, that I, like, you know, love or whatever. But it's like I, I, they've been around for so long that I kind of, like, look past them. And, like, this film, it's been around already for ten years. And I kind of, like, I'm like, no, I, I like this film. Like, you know, when you, when you look at it, you're like, well, damn it. You know, when you look at it from, like, a standpoint of, like, okay, let's just pretend there was no other Freddy movies. There was just this one. You would say, wow, this is a badass movie, right? You know, so I have to try and look at it that way and stop trying to be one of those people that, like, oh, well, this, that, or whatever. You know, the original was better. Like, if you're doing a cover or whatever, it's like, it, does it sound good? Yes or no? And, like, this one, um, I, I, I really do like this film. I think Nancy has her problems, even if there wasn't the Nancy before that, yeah, they would have their problems. But it's a good film. Um, it's probably, like we were talking earlier, and I was telling you, I mean, I want to hear your ranking, you know, the, the once and for all ranking. You know, we only have about three minutes left on the show. But, like, I'm going to throw it out there. Like, my favorite film is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and then Part 2, then Part 1, and then I would say the fucking the remake, dude, you know? And then you have, you know, five, probably six, or, or, or five, Freddy vs. Jason, New Nightmare, and all the other ones after that, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, as far as for me, it would probably be about number four, but how do you, how do you rank rank this one with the others? I'm going to put this one as number four, because this is exactly what a Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy movie should be. It's, you know, you're focusing on people's inability to sleep because they're so afraid of what's going to happen to them, but they do fall asleep sleep deprivation for fear uh i would say number one number two number three in exactly that order then this one then i would say new nightmare and then i would say five six and four yeah and what about freddy versus jason where would you throw oh, that i forgot about that you know what then i would probably put this freddy versus jason after this one 
Right? I've come to love Freddy vs. Jason a lot more. Even though it's horrible, cheesy acting, like a lot more after watching the Jason films. But we'll get into that once we get to the last Jason film. But anyway, um, anything else you want to add to this uh, podcast? No, I, I agree with you on that. It's in, Freddy vs. Jason, it's an early 2000s movie. Mm-hmm. And as such, it's going to have probably that scream, scary movie feel to it. But at the same time, like, like I said in previous conversations, I can appreciate Freddy vs. Jason more in the context of having seen the first four Freddy uh, night, uh, Jason movies, the Friday 13th. Makes a difference, for sure. No, abs- absolutely, absolutely. So I would say this one, this, this uh, Nightmare remake, I mean, it's sentimental to me because it was the first Freddy movie I ever saw, but putting that aside, I like it because it's what a Freddy movie should be. It's the victims of Freddy being afraid to go to sleep and thus suffering sleep deprivation because they don't want to have those nightmares where he's in control of the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Just want to add before we go is that Kevin Bacon was pro- well he was he was right there with uh, with Jackie Haley about to there it was down to those two as far as I understand to be Freddy. I would have loved to see Kevin Bacon in the film. Um, he looks very similar those skinny faced guys. Uh, to play Freddy, so I would have, and then he's taller, and he's got that, like he, like Jackie's got the voice that he, you know, the working voice, but Kevin's got like that naturally like creepy voice, you know. So I would have loved to have seen Kevin on on this one. I'm glad you said you reminded me that I forgot that I had even said this, but you're right. I remember uh, a few weeks ago when I saw this movie again for the first time in ten years. And I saw it, and I said to myself, this is like the Hollow Man. Yeah, you did say that, yeah. It's true, because it's like it's it has that kind of feel to it. It's that kind of creepy person that sneaks up on you when you're not expecting it. And it has that Hollow Man. Like, if you watch Hollow Man, once you get past the halfway mark, and you see how Kevin Bacon's fu- fucking with people in yeah. ways you're not expecting. And he's wearing like, like, like not like a mask, but he's wearing something so we can see the facial of him, you know, so to speak. And like, it kind of looks like Freddy, like where like they just have the outline of his face, and you know, he's a creep, you know, in that film. It's great, and I would have loved for him to play Freddy. And you know, Jackie's a short guy. Um, I know Kevin's a pretty tall dude, so um, yeah, I always think about all all that bullshit, but. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. Um, it's definitely got up, gone up and down there for me as far as my one of my love and hate. But uh, I think finally now it's right there, like a little bit better than being in the middle. It's probably, like you said, like we both said, top four, which I'm glad we kind of agree on. The top, we, we you know, the, 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 the first three to me are kind of like interchangeable. The, like sometimes I love the first one the most, the second one the most, the third one. Uh, but this one's like right after that, along with Freddy vs. Jason, and the other ones are. I think I think everyone agrees that the worst one's Nightmare Four. <laughs> and four, five, and six period. You just you can't identify with suffering, with pain, with how evil Freddy is, because like nobody in those movies is so scared to go to sleep because of what's going to happen in their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of seem just kind of exaggerated horror films. They're cool, they're fun, but they're not like the original three and then this one. And Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Maybe one day we'll come back and do like a, 
a retrospective and just kind of like talk about all the films, do a ranking a year, two or three from now with Mark after that motherfucker decides to watch them again and give his real opinion. But uh, again, hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.